I'll just start right now. Google is amazing. Hey, hey, hey. It's the Calvary Cast. I'm Fat Graham, your fat Jess. <laughs> Welcome in. <laughs> I didn't actually plan on doing that. It just came out. Wow. Just for the record, we don't talk about that ahead of time. You just do that. I just things. do that. It's That's, all you. It's all me. And I try it. Sometimes I think about that, and that time I just started saying words, and that's what came out. And you were referring to Fat Albert. I was. Which I don't... Cartoon. I don't even I've know never, if you can talk about that anymore. <laughs> On a number canceled. of levels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never actually seen Fat Albert. I oh, really? Think, yeah, yeah, that was... Well, there's even a, a little bit... Bef- well, not before my time. As I was a kid, that was probably 80s, going on, right? Early 80s. Early 80s, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just know that line. Hey, hey. It's Fat but, Albert. Yeah. I said Fat Graham and Fat Jess. So. Right. I got that part of it. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, you used our names in place of Albert. Yeah, right. I know. It was a really high-level joke. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I had to explain, so I'm glad you got that. So, that's good. Well, we are back, episode 73. We took a little hiatus there from the podcast, but sometimes that happens. We're well-intentioned, even then when we don't. When we don't podcast, we intend to podcast. And we actually have ideas in our minds about podcasts. Which, that's not what we're doing today. It was the idea that we talked about two or three weeks ago when we were going to podcast. Right, we changed what <clears throat> we were going to do. Right. This is new and fresh. New and fresh. But we, you know, we're trying to put some thought into this. Maybe a little more thought in this podcast. and Or these podcasts in general. You're putting more thought into them sometimes. I think so. Yeah, because it's it's good. Um, I did, I didn't share, that. I, I kind of forgot about this. We got a little hate mail. Oh, wow. Okay. We, uh, <clears throat> we put out a request for hate mail, which is an unusual thing for a podcast to do, but we're gluttons for punishment. And we know we probably wouldn't actually get any real, real hate mail. But we did. This is from our, basically at this point, the honorary co-host of the podcast. Um, He said this, you guys asked, so I'm delivering. I can't stand your voices. They aren't made for radio. Your pre-content banter is the worst pre-content banter in the podcast world. Level up your humor. Your bumper music used to be the lamest bumper music ever. You need to revisit all your ancient podcasts and redub them with your current one. Okay. And then he said, I don't know how to write hate mail. I've never done this before. Also, don't take any of this personally. It's my personal request <laughs> from y'all. But if you read it with a mean or a whiny voice, they might sound better than they read, LOL, grace and peace. Okay. I'm, <clears throat> that stings a little. Yeah. What, okay, but you said he's our honorary co-host? Who is this? Well, just the person that interacts with the podcast the most. Okay. I think I know who that is. Okay. We could, we'll say uh, we could, he signed it disgruntled in Sodak, South Dakota. Okay, I definitely know who that is. <clears throat> so there you go, disgruntled in South Dakota. Nice hate mail. Our budget just freed up a little bit. <laughs> Our budget. <laughs> Our missionary budget just uh, got some new room just in got it. Some, just some got flexibility. Just <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah, no, that's uh, that's the uh, banter. Oh, was that for hate mail? Oh, that was good. That yeah. was good. Yeah. You, have you written some hate mail before or something? I've done a little of the trolling online on the bigger, um, like, so let's say in this is some celebrity or president or something or like, uh, a video game, uh, post or something. And I'll, I'll put on there 
you know, this game's trash or this game's dead. I don't think I've ever done that in <laughs> my life. It's just stupid. I, right. I feel like a little kid when I do it because I'm acting like one. Right. I don't do it often. I've done that once or maybe well, twice. Okay. All right. Well, somebody's going to go out and dig up your old trolling stuff. The other thing we could talk about, or not talk about, but we have new album artwork for our podcast, which yeah. we looks good. Up. Looks pro. Yeah, although our photographer was a little difficult to work with. He was. So. He was. Yeah. Anyway, he was. That's all the news. He was looking at our stats though the other day on. Uh, he he was surprised to see we were on Spotify. And then he yeah, was pulling us up somewhere go. else, and he was actually looking at the stats, and he was surprised as how many people listened. It's dozens. We get dozens and dozens of viewers. <laughs> dozens and dozens of listeners out there. Uh, so for you dozens of listeners, we have an exciting, truly exciting topic today. This one is good. This is good. So what uh, What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about something that hopefully as we talk about it, we don't get confused ourselves. Mm. But it mm. is... Um, it's out of Romans 1, and if you go to Calvary, you know that we've begun a series now in Romans, mm-hmm. and we just finished up the first seven verses Sunday, which are Paul's introduction to this letter, mm-hmm. and there were one or two things I would have liked to have been able to incorporate more into the sermon, but didn't feel like I should take the time, because it would make either the sermon, I the two I did on those seven verses too long, mm-hmm. or I would have had to do a third, and I didn't want to do yeah. But they're um, cool enough, and I think edifying enough to talk about. Yeah, it's a good podcast topic. The main one that I want to talk about today is um, really about verse uh, 3 and 4. So let's just read beginning verse 1. So Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which the gospel of God... He promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, so Paul, of course, is introducing himself here. We talked about all that as as an apostle actually called uh, to be one. Um, Acts chapter 9, we looked at that Sunday set apart in that unique way. And that gospel of God, the good news that uh, either about God or comes from God or both and is the idea. And this gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures. So all through the Old Testament. And it's a gospel concerning his son. And then when you talk about, um, I think this first part, most people, we we get it. Verses one and two. Yeah, Yeah. one, two, and even three, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. the gospel concerning his son. We know who that is. Mm who was descended from David according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. So we get the idea there, right? We understand right. that he was... It's a physical descendant of right. David. Yep. And that he was um, the fulfillment yes. of the Davidic promise, promise. And, yep. and that, uh, 2 Samuel 7. Yes. And so there's, you know, messianic tones there and, mm-hmm. and that. But what we're talking about is that idea of his son, the son of God, And uh, being declared, verse 4, the Son of God Mm -hmm. in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Now, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. And and what we're going to talk about today isn't—well, some of it wouldn't be 
you know, uniformly accepted among all the commentators. Like mm. there was some debate in what, as an example, what is the spirit of holiness he's talking sure. about? Yeah. Should that be a capital S? Should that be, mm. you know, the spirit of God? Or are we talking about Jesus' own spirit right. of holiness demonstrating, oh, you know, sure. that? So there's all these questions and you wade through those, but... um so we're just going to talk a little bit about what that means in the son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. So yeah. what happened in the resurrection of the dead that all of a sudden he is verse four declared to be the son right. of God. Right. What does that mean? Right. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Now, before we jump into that, I want to address a couple of questions in regards to just that son of God language that's used in the Bible first. Can we do that? Because mm-hmm. I think that sometimes that's confusing because when we think of son of somebody son of jess miller son of graham parker we think about our creep like born offspring things like that but when we talk about jesus we the bible and like doctrinal statements confessions say that he's not created right and that he is eternally been the son and he is equal with the father so how do we understand him to be a son but yet not created equal with the father so not lesser than does that make sense sure so if we if we first first approach this idea from the the idea of um, the eternally begotten Son of God, mm-hmm. okay, so the Son of God in His essence and being ontologically as a an equal member of the Trinity with the Father and with the Spirit, okay, okay, three persons equal mm-hmm. yet distinct yes. in one God. Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Father, the Son is not the Spirit, Spirit is not the Son, etc. But they're right. one God. Right. Which is quite mysterious. Very much. But <laughs> what we have to acknowledge, if we were just summarizing, and like we said before the podcast, I think we'll talk, maybe we'll have another right. podcast on, on the on Trinity one day coming up. Ooh. we got to prepare for that, and we've got a book of the month coming that we yes. think will be helpful in that. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, but we we confess, and what the church has confessed uh, really since the the early centuries and especially mm-hmm. since the the Nicene the Council of yes. Nicaea Nicene Creed right mm-hmm. is that um, there were some people that were saying Jesus or the Son mm-hmm. we got to make sure we clarify that the Son of God had a starting point right which and and the reason I guess that I think this is also because there are people that teach that today yeah. right you'll have people come knock on your door like Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons uh, that say things like that. Yes. And then they have they have some that will be what they call adoptionists who okay. believe that at a certain point, mm, yes, the earthly Christ was adopted, if you will, as the Son of God. So oh, some would say the baptism. So this is my beloved Son, right. and the Spirit rests on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea of adoptionism, which I'm not uh, an expert in, so I've just... Did some cursory is that reading a, in the past, but a cult teaching, or is that within? It would not be in within Orthodox Christianity. Yeah, it would okay. be, yeah, it would be off. You would have you're far outside the realm of Orthodoxy at that point, right? But they might even take a verse like Romans one three or four sure. and say, "Look here, he was declared once he was the resurrected. Now he's yeah, declared yeah. to be the Son of God." So we would reject that. Mm-hmm. We believe that God existed in three persons. In eternity past, mm-hmm. that as the Nicene Creed says, that the Son was begotten eternally mm-hmm. of the Father, but not made. It clarifies mm-hmm. John one 
he was in the beginning with God. The right. word was the Logos, which yes. is the Son. Yes. And uh, was God. Yes. And all things was were made through him, which excludes him as being a made one. Right. Because he made he all things maker. that exist. Exactly. Uh, well, the Gospel of John as a whole is a fantastic place to look at these yes. passages. Yep. The other ones that come, because I do think there's, you just need to arm yourself with some scripture. Right. You know, so John 1, uh, it's in John 6 where, you know, the Jews are seeking to kill Jesus because he's calling God his father, making himself equal with God. Right. That passage. Uh, it's in John 8, I think, right, where he says to the to the Jews before Abraham was, I, I am, am. Yeah. right, saying I'm the eternal existent one. Re- yes. Reveal that to Moses at the bush. That's Yahweh. right. Yep. And then uh, the high priestly prayer in John 17. Yeah. Uh, restore restore to me the uh, glory that I shared with you before the world was. Right. Um, Philippians 2, that he was in the form of God, the mm-hmm. very morphe of God, essence, being, uh, in nature, God of God, right? Yeah. And so um, we we will uphold that. We'll talk about that more yeah. in our time. So, um but this idea of sonship, that that when we're thinking of the Son of God in that context, uh, as the eternal Son of God, equal with the Father, we're thinking uh, in terms of ontological or his being, okay, right? His essence as God. When we're thinking of Romans one sonship, mm-hmm. I think we need to think of God, uh, the Son of God, in this passage as a particular role, mm, like a, more of a title. Yeah, within the, well, it would be within the Trinity, mm-hmm. yes, and more more like a title, an official title. Mm-hmm. And in order to understand what he, and that happened at the resurrection. Okay. So from the resurrection on, he is, how does Paul put that in Romans 1? Declared to be the Son of God. Declared, or maybe, you know, in commentators debate on this and, and what that word should be translated as, but it's not really used to my understanding, declared in any other place, it's more appointed. Right. So the idea is now appointed to an, like an office, mm-hmm. appointed yes. to a role or a position. Yeah. Okay. And so he's, he's, he was at that resurrection dead by the spirit of holiness. And I think I take that to mean that it was through the spirit's power that the, the dead Jesus came to life. Okay. Okay. Yes. For the sake of argument, let's just, if somebody else has a different, which take on that. would fit with Ephesians chapter one. The power at work within us, right? Right. Where yeah. he's saying the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now at work yes. in you. And it, so that's what I think. Yeah. And it's another way of saying the Holy Spirit or the spirit of holiness, uh, though some would disagree on that. But that doesn't really influence what we're talking sure. about with the Son of God, no matter how we take that. So we're viewing the Son of God in power as though that happened. He was appointed the Son of God in power at the resurrection onward right at a point in time right so you can see how we wouldn't want to say he was appointed the eternal son of god right we're we're not in his being he already was that forever we're saying in his role and function now in god's plan and working out of the ages at the resurrection jesus was declared or appointed to be the son of god in power okay yeah. Okay. And we're thinking of that term son of God more in terms of a title. And just a sneak peek of where we're going, think of the title Lord. Mm-hmm. 
All right, and be thinking Philippians two if you're familiar with your Bible. Oh, maybe okay. we can look at that in People a minute. People can now know where we're headed a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. So when when the Jews were thinking of their Messiah, they had a number of things rolling around in their heads. One of them would be uh, the concept of the Christ uh, f- uh, descended from David. Yeah. So the kingly line and right. kingly rule. I I would venture that's probably the most prominent the most prominent thought right right that that they're looking for a king in the line of david who's going to be a king forever that's right so uh, primarily that's what they would be looking for some may have been looking also for a prophet Mm -hmm. maybe thinking it would be the same one or a separate Mm -hmm. one because of what god promised to moses most did not catch the priestly no uh pictures or shadows that were being pointed towards or the means by which you would be made king right suffering aspect yeah, so much of it they didn't miss. But this idea, but one of the things they were waiting for is a son, mm-hmm. right, that mm-hmm. would be titled, mm-hmm. how much understanding, I don't know how much they had of this, but that would be titled son. Yeah. And they get that from Psalm 2 among maybe some other places. And it's interesting, like, um, Israel Israel itself was referred to as yes. the son of God. Yes. Okay. Um, it, Luke refers to Adam as the son of yes. God in his genealogy of Jesus. So it's kind of a title mm-hmm. more than we're thinking of divine mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, But anyway, uh, so he's talking here in Psalm 2. It says in verse, well, actually, so he's talking about why do the nations rage, the people's plot in vain, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, his Mashiach, his Messiah, right? Saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords away from us. These are the nations assembling noisily together before God in rebellion, wanting God's rule and reign over them to be thrown off. Mm-hmm. Well, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. So now we have this idea of the anointed, verse 2, the Messiah, uh, the king that the Lord himself is establishing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then listen to this in verse 7. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. What are some of the questions that come out of that? I mean, I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm just thinking through this. Like, what are some questions like the Lord said to me? Who's me? Yeah, that's the first thing thing that comes to my mind and and this is a psalm of david yeah so as i under uh, reading on this and and uh looking at this right this is david's descendant speaking because mm-hmm. remember back in second samuel 7 the lord came to david and said i'm going to establish my throne your throne forever right and he specifically is then speaks about david's son yeah in that 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 promise and so here i think what is happening is that the Lord, or that David is writing from the perspective of that son who's the recipient of that promise to inherit in an eternal throne. Right. I right. think that's, yeah, that's what smarter people than me have yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's exactly what it is. And, <clears throat> and, and as we analyze that, we know it can't pertain to David. Nope. 
largely it doesn't pertain to Solomon. It doesn't pertain to Solomon. Yep. Um, and uh, and he goes on to say, Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord of fear, rejoice with trembling, kiss the sun. So here yeah. we're, we're back to the sun again. The idea right. of kissing the sun would be embracing him. Mm-hmm. Um, Lest he be angry, you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Mm-hmm. And again, not David, because nobody's ever commanded to take refuge in David. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, this is a unique son. Yes, that's coming from God, who will also be the anointed, who will also be the king that he puts on his holy hill, right? The Lord does. Yep, yep. And he's going to be given the nations as a heritage. Mm-hmm. And so this is a unique son. Um, could we say a unique title almost yeah. or position? This one will be in right. a unique position. And we know this pertains to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because the apostles themselves talk about right. it, right? Okay, were you going to add something in on? Well, that? no, so I can... well, I was just thinking. Well, the passage you're going to reference, Acts 13, right? Yeah, yep. And the other one is Hebrews one, right? Where again, this passage is quoted, and the writer of Hebrews quotes this right after describing Jesus, right? When he says, "You know, long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son." whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the, so the Son is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more... Okay, that's interesting right there. As the name, hmm. like could be title, Yeah. right? The title he has inherited is more excellent than theirs, for to which the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I've gotten you. So quoting Psalm 2 right there. Right, right. So the the writer of Hebrews is saying that Jesus is the son of God. Yeah. Talked about, promised in Psalm 2. Yeah, the one's fulfilling it. So that's clear. So we have that in Hebrews. So when we're thinking about that idea of the sonship of Romans 1 mm-hmm. and him being declared to be the son of God at the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So here is where uh, Paul is preaching Acts chapter 13, and he says in verse 28, though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. Clearly talking about Jesus here. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree, laid him in a tomb, but God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I've begotten you. Yeah. So Psalm 2 is a um, is actually a psalm of uh, an Easter psalm. Yeah. Maybe I'll preach from Psalm 2 this year. Oh, there you go. Because it's an Easter psalm, and that phrase, you are, when, when that, in that inner Trinitarian language, and uh, Yahweh speaking to his son, right? Mm-hmm. You are my son, today I have begotten you. That is the day of the resurrection in which he was... Uh, declared or appointed to be the Son of God now in power. Right. Okay? And so I think that's the connection between that resurrection, Mm -hmm. the sonship, Mm -hmm. the messiahship descended from David, uh, the being given the uh, nations as an inheritance, uh, all of that kind of fits together in yeah. those in those passages and what Paul talked about. Well, and this also connects, so with the Son of God 
title aspect, and you mentioned this earlier, Adam is seen as a son in Scripture. Israel is seen as a son in Scripture. And what do we know of Jesus? He is the new and better Adam, according to Romans 5. He is the new and better Israel. Uh, So he is the son in that way, but now he's the perfect son. Yes. And that again, how how does that, how do we know that? Because of his resurrection. Yes. That he has fulfilled all these things that those other sons failed to do. That's right. Uh, The other aspect with this too, right, is, and some people have used that language of before the resurrection, he was the son of God in like lowliness and humility, humility after the son of God in power. Is that a proper way of saying Oh, sure, that? yeah. And I think you see that in Romans 1 very clearly. Right, Romans 1. The state of humiliation and the state of exaltation. Right, right. yeah, exactly. And and uh, well, I mentioned this earlier to you, but you, you see this, I think, in the prophetic literature and scripture, like Isaiah 53, picturing the son suffering and dying. And then we get to the revelation and we see the son coming with that name or that title, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a, a he's a ruling, reigning, conquering King there mm-hmm. versus the suffering servant. That's right. All of those things encompass together. Yeah. And I think what Paul says, Philippians two uh, ties this all in right together. Mm. He says, um, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, so he's very much qualifying that there's the eternal son, uh, sonship in the sense of the Trinity, right? right? Did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, mm. but emptied himself. Taking by t- by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Which is when we think about the Jews' expectation of the Messiah, this was the stumbling block. Right. Yeah. This emptying of himself, this taking the form of a slave, of of humbling himself to death, even death on a cross. Mm-hmm. But see, as we see Paul progress this, and what Paul's talking about in Romans one. Uh, the plan of God was always to exalt the Son. Mm. And Jesus said in, in John's Gospel, something to the effect of all judgment's been entrusted to the Son mm-hmm. so that all men will honor the Son as they honor the Father. Right. Right? So this was always God's plan. But the path to that mm. plan of exaltation was one of humiliation yeah. and one of suffering and even death. Mm. We we could branch off and understanding, okay, he's doing that for us to pay for our sins, to atone for our sins. But after at the resurrection, then uh, verse nine, therefore, because he did this, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Hmm. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus, the Messiah, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mm. So there is that exalted, glorified Son of God in power, Lord over all Mm. position that Jesus is in that began at the resurrection. Mm. You know, of course, there were 40 days he was with his disciples teaching, but at the moment of that exaltation, Acts chapter 1, when he was taken up into the clouds and they watched him go Mm -hmm. up there, there is this now appointment to take, as the author of Hebrews said, 
his position at the right hand of yeah. the Father, sat down. He is now ruling, reigning, Lord of Lord, King of Kings, uh, no longer in a state of humiliation, mm. now in a state of glory and power and honor. Mm. And uh, he is gathering his people now who submit to him as Lord yeah. and building his church. And one day, everyone will be summoned yeah. before him and everyone is going to confess he's Lord. Right. Even those who reject him before they are sent out right. by him into eternity away from him. Yeah. All right. So this is, for Christians, the thought of this should be exhilarating to us. <laughs> right, it is. I yeah. mean, who Jesus is and the fact that he's ruling and reigning now. Mm-hmm. And you just think about the implications of that and the yeah. application of that to everyday life. It's yeah. powerful. Well, but it just in the context of like a world calamity we have right now, right? Russia you, invading Ukraine, uh, things like that. The fact that Jesus is king and that one day every evil, despot, tyrannical dictator is going to bow in submission to King Jesus is like, that's pretty cool. It, <laughs> is. Know, like, it is. That's like, oh, okay. All right. Go Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, we can, we can trust him. He's got the power to save us. Yeah. He's got all authority in heaven and earth. He is holding all things together. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter one, Colossians chapter one. There's, there's nothing out of his uh, control. So really, this is this is very encouraging to us. Just like you said, no matter what's going on in the world, we know where where uh, Jesus is. We know He's in control, and um, and we keep worshiping Him. We mm-hmm. keep serving Him. We keep trusting in Him. He is the Son of God in power. Mm-hmm. Right. He's the one interceding for you. Paul will go on to explain that later. He is the one right now uh, making intercession for us. Yeah. You know, uh, you'd mentioned this earlier, but. We, as we think about Jesus, the exalted one sitting at the right hand of the Father, we now worship Jesus as we worship the Father, right? And that's the scene we see in Revelation 4 and 5. So that mean, that that's why it makes so much sense when we gather together as a church to say we're exalting Christ. And by doing that, we're not diminishing the Father or the Spirit, right? We're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing because that's what the Father has done is exalted Christ. So it's the right thing to do. This was God's goal, right? To get all men to honor the Son as they honor the Father. Yeah. And you referenced uh, Revelation four and five, mm-hmm. and I think you know it just summarizes it. Um, at the very end of chapter five, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, and under the earth and in the sea, and all that is in them, saying to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. So in chapter 4, you had God, mm-hmm. generally in the, the Father, the, one, the Father, see on the throne. Je- Revelation 5, you have the Son, mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. Um, and being worshipped by every creature mm-hmm. in heaven and on earth because mm-hmm. he's worthy of it mm-hmm. and uh, equal with the Father. He's the Son of God in power. And I think that's what Paul's... yeah. Referring to in Romans 1. Well, that uh, Revelation 5 passage is a good place to land it and leave it there. Meditate on those things that we worship, a risen and reigning Savior who one day everyone will bow to. So we hope this podcast has been helpful for you as you think about who Jesus is and moves you to worship and to extol him as the rightful 
Rightful King. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you want to send us an email, you can do that at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you're part of our church, you can just come up and talk to us or send us a text message or give us a phone call. We would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can, like Andrew, send hate mail as well, but just make sure that it's uh, appropriate, right? Yeah. Something like that. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time. <laughs>